Hey everyone, welcome to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News Magazine. My guest today on this very special edition of Danny's Diary, Troy Peach of the Perrys and Mike LeFevre of the LeFevre Quartet. Y'all hang on for the ride. This is going <laughs> mm. to be incredible. You welcome, are a brave guys. man. Thank you, you are a brave man. Yes. All right. Yes. Now, we have purposely set aside this time and this podcast just to talk about the humorous side of Southern gospel music. Mike, where is the most unusual place you have ever performed gospel music? Oh, why'd you start with me? Uh, you know, Every uh, when you're starting out in gospel music, just about every potential, you yes. know. But uh, probably one of the the things that sticks out in my mind. I, I remember we were, when I was with Uncle Alf LaFever, we were kids, you know, and they set us up. It was a Christmas time, and uh, that we were going to sing in uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia, and they set us up. Which this is not uncommon, but they set us up on the back of a, a flatbed eighteen wheeler trailer in a parking lot, and the uh, shopping center and, and and i'm telling you it was below zero and the winds were blowing at about uh, 35 miles an hour it was so cold danny and then uh we uh we had got everything set up of course we had a band at that time and also we heard this loud crowd well, the wind had blown the drums off of the platform when we were getting ready singing they all crashed down the onto the asphalt but we get them all set back up and uh, so we got up and and got ready to sing and looked out across the audience everybody had just pulled their cars up to the stage they wouldn't get out of their cars they just cracked their windows and we we sang freezing to death and when we'd get through singing they would just blow their horns for for applause (laughs) well hey at least they were doing that (laughs) we never got a standing ovation but that's beside the point well what would they do raise the hood you know how do you do a standing ovation exactly flash your lights okay honestly this happened and not too long ago it was um in december again cold i mean it was 40 maybe 35 degrees the Perrys and Mark Bishop took the stage at a coon dog rally. Nice. I am not joking you. And it it ne- it was so cold that they had vendors set up, you know, with all kinds of things. They were bringing us gloves and hats because, I mean, we were freezing out there because the wind, it was like a tent deal, and the wind was blowing. And it never failed. You know, Mark Bishop do some kind of big, you know, dramatic song, you know, big ending, and you'd hear, <laughs> it's nothing like singing I Rest My Case and watching over the corner of your eye them tree and coon dogs over here on the side. So that, that, that's probably my That best. may have to take the record right you there. You know, that, and, and, and that honestly happened. That did. And it wasn't that long ago. Well, and see. No. I won't say where it was because there are people probably well, there. Well, Considering what you describe it as, I doubt it was in Miami, Florida. No, no, it, it was, was not. It ex- was not. Exactly. Gospel music. Nor New York. Gospel music reaches the masses. Yes, 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 it does. And you know, all kidding aside, every group in gospel music, regardless of what level they are right now, have probably performed at a funeral home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have probably performed on a flatbed trailer of a truck, just like in Mike a parking lot. In, in a, a parking, parking lot. lot. And uh, where where else is somewhere that you would not normally? Uh, sorry, let me try that again. I'll try speak English now. Mm-hmm. Where would you not normally think of as a good place to perform Southern gospel music? We did a flatbed trailer not too long ago in uh, an airstrip, in a grass airstrip. 
That was that was different for me. You know, you got the lights and the the cones and the flags and the whole bit. But you know, I was just praying there was no air traffic. But right, you wasn't. know, is the air traffic controller you know, on duty today? <laughs> I'm I'm thinking honestly, um, and this is just my opinion. Any place without air conditioner is, in the summer is not really a great place yeah, for singing. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that brings up a great point. There are not that many outdoor events anymore. No, they're really God. not. I think people have, I think people have <laughs> they've gotten to the point where they, they, they're, uh, I, I'm gonna go, I'll go ahead and say spoiled to the, to the conditions that we have nowadays, you know, and there there is but, something appealing about our air conditioning yeah. that set at sixty eight. You know, let's be honest. About when it. I was a kid, we, we we didn't have air conditioners. We raised the windows and put fans at the doors, and that's how you'd sleep. You know, you'd pull them down when a thunderstorm would come. You'd put leave a crack in the window, but still, you know, no air conditioning well, back then. We're all from the era that remembers events like Seminole, Bonifay, Waycross, uh, a few others hottest place you've ever seen where would that be troy seminole oklahoma it's hands got down. to be hands down nowhere know. close to I don't water know. i don't know though bonifay, bonifay is, and waycross yeah, Way, uh, yeah. Waycross. Uh, that, those two bonifay is pretty i remember my first time ever at bonifay um now i don't know if this is my first time but one of the times i was bonifay i was at the steels and i remember setting up one of those little tents you know like we all use for our th- and i remember thinking I'm about to hit the ground because it is so – I mean, I, I felt like there was like a heat stroke coming on. Yeah. Bonifay was one of those places you would see this in a span of four hours. Extreme heat, rain, extreme heat, rain, clear skies, water running off the tent because of sheer humidity. And, you know, when we say that people would go through two or three changes of clothes yes. an evening, that's yes. no, no lie. Exactly. That is well, the honest and, goodness true. And Danny, was it not just a few years ago we were at Bonifay and people were putting on jackets? Yes, because and, it was cool and, in the that cool in the right. evening, yeah. and which we had never seen before. No. We knew that the end of the world was not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Waycross was Waycross, Georgia was very similar to that. It yeah. was just South Georgia humidity, gnats. I mean, just the gnats have I, have the market in South Georgia. One they thing, really do. One thing about that uh, venue that I remember in particular back years ago, they used to have a talent contest there. Right. And so uh, I, I remember this specifically because we would have to get there early, and uh, Gold City and the Kingsman would set up. We had Bose systems back then, those mm-hmm. 802s. Anyway, we'd set up the sound, and we'd have to be ready for the uh, <laughs> the uh, talent that was coming in for the, for the talent show. And they would get the talent show started. Well, there were literally hundreds that would enter this talent contest, and they would have to line up for their turn on stage. And so there there would be standing out there in that line to go on that stage in the middle of that uh, that baseball diamond. Um, and, and, and they would all be every back nobody everybody wore a tie oh, back yeah. then. Oh, yeah. So everybody there'd be ladies in long dresses and they'd have on their ties with their guitar stripped around their neck, waiting their turn and it'd be uh, oh well over a hundred degrees standing out in that sun just waiting for their turn to stand on that stage and sing gospel music. But then, uh, but you have to, was that many big air conditioning buildings and those events, those weren't that common back then. Standing outside for one of those it was 
kind of the norm. I think 100 degrees back then wasn't as hot as 100 degrees is now. Well, well, <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, too, you know, we were all accustomed to being in high school gyms with no air conditioning. Right, they right. might open the windows right. along have the top. A, have a blow fan right. or something. Right, you have one of those, uh, you know, what they would uh, use at a, what they call a chicken house Yeah, fan. there you, you know, go. The same thing as a, looks like a jet engine to, to the size. Of all the places, though, that you have seen – where is the single most memorable one, Troy? Do you have? Is there one place it will always, always your mm-hmm. mind go to first thing? Um, I, you know, you're probably going to think, you know, because I I was blessed to do the Grand Ole Opry when Jeff Steele uh, we did we won America back, you know, and it caused all the big ruckus with the New York Times and uh, of course, you know, convention in. In Nashville was my first convention, and then you know Louisville was always amazing. But you know what? I, honestly, as, as honest as I can be, my most memorable time ever on stage, and you can find it on YouTube now, was one time the Perrys did. Uh, we did a uh, it was a Kylo Rowland uh, conference. Uh, it wasn't a women's conference, but but, but it was a conference uh, in Pigeon Forge at First Baptist Sevierville. And I, I don't know if that venue has anything, but that night and just the way um, that God moved that night, that that always comes back to my mind as probably one of the most incredible times I ever remember on a platform. Mike? Yeah. Oh, you know, as a child, or I say child, young, very young teenager, you know, going to Quartet Convention to sing. We was in Nashville at that time. And... Um, Singing at the National Quartet Convention then uh, was the uh, absolutely amazing, and so that would have to be uh, as a younger person one of the highlights of my my career. And you know, God's blessed me. I've been able to sing a lot of places, and I know Troy has. And but um, uh, I think back, we used to have great great singings at Opera Land. Oh yeah, yeah. Opera Land. Now, see, I never got to sing at Opera Land. I, I, I missed that. Now I went as because I was from here. So and we do those music. We did Six Flags Over Georgia. Yeah, you know, several times. And and you think about some of those larger events, but you know, there's nothing sweeter than than like Troy said when you get into a service right. where God is moving like that. And you know, I honestly, I crave I, when we get into a service like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's it's not a created environment. It's, not, it's just a sweet Holy Spirit moving. Man, you just can't get <laughs> a better venue than when that happens. They're incredible moments. You're listening to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News Magazine. Our guests today: Troy Peach and Mike Lefevre. Troy, I do have one great question for you. The smallest crowd you've ever sang to. Jeff Steele always had a rule that it was um, if we had 10 and under that we would give them a CD and we'd pack up and go to the house. It never happened. 12 was the lowest ever. Mike? I think uh, we sang in Kentucky and – it was during basketball season. They had just – they made the – I don't know much about basketball. I guess playoffs or whatever Kentucky had. And we had nine people there. But I never – we never had any kind of rule like what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, You know what – It never happened. If, I don't know why he made that rule. If but. there's nine people there, I'm going to sing like there's 9,000. Right. You know, that's what we do. But then when you sang to those 12, y'all yeah, did that. we did. But I, there were nine people there that night. But I don't know whether Kentucky won or not, but 
Well, they stayed home to watch the ball so game. So now we now we know why Mike does not book Kentucky during the fall. Okay, now we get it. Now we get it. All right, All right guys, let's keep on this theme here. Different things that have happened in the world of Southern gospel music. Mike, what is a song that you wish you had recorded? Well, I will tell you this. And uh, when I was sang with Gold City, um, we were pitched a song and listened to it and could not figure how we could put a twist on it and make it our song. So we passed on a song called Champion of Love. Oh, my. And mm. uh, mm. that, But, it, you know, it was meant for the cathedrals, you know. It, it just was. Um, so that's one of those songs you look out and think, man, what if? But uh, obviously God had a different plan for it. But, the, but I, I know this to be a fact that, uh, the Kingsman had passed on a couple of songs that Gold City recorded, like uh, John Saw and I Think I'll Read yep. It Again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they had passed on those. And there's songs that I hear nowadays that I'll, I will listen to. I think, man, that's a great song. And then I'll hear another group do it. And I think, well, I'm glad they got it yeah. because it, it, it was a great song for them. But Champion of Love would have to be one. And I'll, I'll tell you another, and this this shows you how, you know, I've I, I, I have a better ear for songs now than I used to, but the, I heard a song. Um, Ivan and I were listening to songs when he played me a song, and, and and I just couldn't get over the first part of the song because of the chorus because it kept saying "There rose a lamb in Jerusalem," and I thought that was kind of a funny. It went on to win a Dove Award, but uh, <laughs> what a great song that was! I'm glad they recorded it, at, but they did it after I left. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't have anything to do with them not recording it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd have been there, you would have yeah, recorded, recorded, recorded it. I would have yeah. recorded yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Troy, do you have a what if moment? A what if? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know a what if that's um, you know I I, I you know uh, uh, the songs that I would have recorded I would have liked to record a God on the Mountain but you know it was special because it was Peg in that night you know right. that was the special deal there I don't know if I have a what if um uh not that I would share anyway <laughs> oh, okay. there's always that qualification yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, I, I I can tell you that this would have been a what if this had happened. Um, and I, I look back on, on my, on my life and how everything fell into place. And if this would have happened, um, it would have changed my life and my history. But, um, there was a point where, uh, I was singing with my uncle and I got a call from Jerry golf, uh, saying they were needing a singer. And about the same time I got a call from the Dixie echoes. This has been years. I mean, you know, um, and and for some reason, I never heard back or never got a call back. I never auditioned or got a call back or anything for either one. But I, I look back now, if I'd have had either or taken either one of those jobs, I would have never been lined up for the job that I got with Gold City, which was life-changing for me. Right. So that's a what-if right there. Well, well, since you brought up different groups, let's, uh, let's create a what-if. Troy, if you could put together your all-star group of members, either past or present, what would make up the Troy Peach group of all time? Oh, my goodness. Mike, you'd be thinking about the same thing. Mm. Now, I'm going to tell you, I did this um, at, my, believe it or not, at mine and Katie's wedding. I I had the opportunity. And <clears throat> I, I kind of, it was kind of like my dream trio. I had Lauren Harris singing lead, 
I had Ricky Atkinson singing tenor. And I had Tony Gore singing baritone. And they did a song at mine and Katie's wedding. And that was a pretty amazing. You talk about big as a house. The, right. the sound was big as a right. house. And, uh, of course, anytime, you know, my if I could put Mama Cook with several different groups, I think that would just be the best group ever, <laughs> to be honest with you. That's how I feel. Troy Peach is the all-time world's greatest singing Cooks fan. Yes, yes. And, I'll take uh, that. What a legend she is. Oh, my All goodness. All kidding aside, she is truly a legend in gospel music. All right, Mike. Well, in past, and and, and this was, if it, I got to be a part of it, I would say uh, – Brian Free, Ivan Parker, and Tim Riley. That was a that was that, amazing. That was a, was a great group. I, and I, I was sitting there looking at how in the world I ended up there. When all the there's so many good baritones out there, but for some reason God let me be a part of that. That would be a, that was an amazing time. But were, if I had to invent a group, mm-hmm. oh man, that would be tough. It would be. It would be. That would be tough because there's so many greats. I love like Wes Hampton. What a singer. Oh yeah. Um, there's so many great singers out there. I love Joseph Habedank yep. singing. He's incredible. Yep. There's all these groups that are out right now. I could I could put um, uh, all star quartets together out mm-hmm. of just about every group that's on the road. Yeah, that's a, that's not as true. There's a lot of great singers. You know, we did that a music. long, long time ago. You know, I think Daywind did an all star quartet. It's almost time to revisit that again because there's good. a bunch of young talent that's coming up. You know, guys like Jordan LeFevre has become an incredible singer. Andrew Goldman that sings yeah, with you know, Andrew, the Perry's. Right. I mean, just uh, there's a lot of great young talent. That almost needs to be revisited again. Danny, can you do something about that? Well, I could try. Give me give me a couple hours, okay? <laughs> I think it needs to be a singing news all-star, all-star quartet album. If you learn to say it properly, we'll talk about it. Well, okay? I, I kind of got glare in my eyes. I'm yeah, sorry. Careful. <laughs> all right. We're going to move right along here before Mike cakes over again. Hey, uh Another quick question in that same vein. Troy, who influenced you the most as a young singer? Ooh, influenced me the most. Honestly, um, and I took lessons from him. Uh, Tony Gore taught me a lot when I was, I mean, and I'm talking like I was a teenager, uh, because when Tony started Majesty, uh, he was using my church as his practice facility, uh, you know, as the time when he left the Wilburns moving over. And, uh, and so I was singing with a little local group there and, uh, and he would meet with us and, and do vocal lessons and stuff. And so I always, I always remembered hearing Tony and then it turned into Jeff Steele and all these guys that, you know, I always knew when I heard his voice on the radio, I didn't care what it was. I knew that's who it was. You know, same thing with Jeff Steele. When you hear Jeff Steele's voice, you know, that's who it is. And, and, and I always, I never, I, I'm not that kind of singer. I've always been the one, you know. Mike Speck taught me, you know, you're supposed to have three parts in, in, in a great group, you know, a blesser, a blender, and a thriller. You know, I've always really held down that blender part really, really well. <laughs> and so, you know, trying to – and so uh, – but, yeah, I, I have to say that. Tony Gore inspired me a lot with just the way he could blend and, you know, and the way he stood out. and He blended and then he stood out at the same time. That was always – I don't know. Mike, what about uh, – who do you feel today – is the most underrated singer in gospel music. Oh, Thank you, Mike. Go ahead. I appreciate it. Oh, wow. It. Thank you. <laughs> that sounds like a Troy <laughs> question to me. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of – and not and I'm going to say this, not because he's with LaFever Quartet, but probably Keith Plott oh, is one of the most correct. underrated yes. uh, 
unnoticed, and maybe because he sings with me, I don't. Know. <laughs> but but the the guy is just an amazing singer. He reminds me a lot in the way he handles a song, uh, like a Rex Nealon, uh, yes. a little bit of a yes. George Johns. Yeah. You know, he he can carry the melody line yeah. so much more than just a low note. He he he's just very. He's a great communicator, and he and he's finally finding his way to communicate more than just saying low notes. I agree. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I stand back and listen to him sing, and it's just such a, I mean, um, a pleasant. I mean, it's just it's captivating to me. I, I, he's not just low; he can sing, mm-hmm. and you know that's, I mean, that's hard to come by. Exactly. Yep. Okay, guys, we're going to have to wrap it up for today. Thank you for dropping by, Troy and Mike. Any last words before we leave? You know what? This uh, right here is the um, the epitome of the Baritone Club. And so any <laughs> any other people that would like to join our club, uh, me and Mike definitely have this down. Uh, Mike's the president. I'm the vice president. And, and, so. and it's called the F Troop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we don't sing over an F. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, folks, you have been listening to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News Magazine. Don't forget that you can have Singing News delivered to your home each and every month. One call to 800-527-5226. We'll take care of that. We'll see you next time with the next episode of Danny's Diary.